I'm not supposed to look at, oh, you're black, I'm white, so I need to walk the other way, you need to walk the other way. No, we're supposed to, you know, blend and mesh together. And our differences is what makes us unique. Yes. And that's what we should be focusing on is you're unique in your ways. I would like to learn about that. Yes. Welcome to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. This program is designed to inspire you to stand on the Word of God and to help you build unshakable and unstoppable faith in Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Dr. Kazumba. Welcome back. This is Doc here. Again, I continue with my guest, uh, Nana. I just want to welcome this woman, courageous woman of God. I want to welcome her to the program as uh, she shares about how God is using her around the world. Welcome, my dear best friend, my newfound friend. <laughs> Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you. It is an honor. I love you. I love you. I love your courage. You see, we haven't even talked about what you do, but uh, let me tell you this. And I don't just say this for the sake of saying it. I am falling in love with what God is doing in your life and uh, with you as a person because your courage, not only to go through what you went through, but to share now your life to touch other people around the world is highly recommended. And I pray, even as we begin this show today, that the Lord will use you mightily around the world mm -hmm. to influence many for his kingdom. Let's look at, um, uh, uh, you have had an encounter with God up to this point. You've experienced, you shared in uh, the last segment, how God touched you powerfully. And then now my next question is, you have now, well, there is a lot of things obviously that happened. Now you have an organization of which you have been uh, interviewed by secular TV stations uh, um, here in Canada. Can you tell us about this organization, the name of the organization, how it is changing lives around Africa? And also, I'm going to be asking your Another question after you tell us all this, where you get your passion for Africa from. So let's go first to the organization. Okay, my organization, it's an NGO and it's called Dove of Hope Ministries. And we provide humanitarian aid to third world countries. Um, my baby project being Ghana. Um, I've been so blessed by Ghana, so I want to be able to bless the people of Ghana, the country of Ghana, and change people's lives there because Ghana's been a part of changing my life as well. So that is uh, in Ghana, and uh, the organization is here in, uh, uh, in Canada here? Yes, we're, we are registered here in Canada. We're also registered in Ghana as well. Um, and the humanitarian aid that we provide is um, medical uh, support, so hospitals, uh, medical clinics, family planning clinics, 
um, orphanages, um, educational um, things, so such as libraries and schools. Um, if you don't have education, you don't have your health, then you don't really have anything in life. You know, you know, have God, but with your health and your education, you know, those two go hand in hand. Because if you have your education but you don't have health, how can you go out and work and be a contributing member of society, or vice versa? If you have your health but no education, then you know, what can we do? You know, to improve ourselves. So, um, I really think that this is the focus that I'm that we're doing um, for the children of Ghana. Where do you get your passion from to do ministry in Africa? Because uh, I've lived here in Canada for the last 20 years. I have had people that uh, when you talk about Africa, they think of a dangerous place. You've had people that um, all they see or they've seen of Africa is what is shown on those, uh, you know, wild vision kind of a thing. Their perspective of uh, an African person is uh, also not correct. So I just want, from your experience, walk us through as a Canadian, Caucasian woman, Africa. Why Africa? What's going on with you to go into Africa, take those uh, dangerous you know, trips to Africa to go and make a difference in Africa. Bring it on. Well, <laughs> um, the passion and everything about Africa was actually installed in me and as a child. Um, I'm approximately about four years of age. I started, you know, just being curious. I didn't understand. I didn't know anything. And my curiosity about Africa, um, I believe, stemmed from my own family, and that was due to the fact they were very racist. Um, I can be friends with uh, black people and that at school, but I just don't bring them home. Um, that was just unacceptable. And even to parts of my family, it was even unacceptable to have a black person as a friend. Um, so that was from both sides of my family uh, growing up as a little girl. You know, I got that from my mother's side. Um, I had mentioned in the previous um, segment that, uh, you know, checking off that list. And I did mention racism and I did mention KKK. And I was told stories by my grandmother on my mother's side that my great, I believe, great uncle or great, great uncle was actually a member of the KKK. Wow. Um, so that's pretty... That kind of hits me hard in my heart. Um, and then my father's side of the family um, is in Nova Scotia. And in the, the uh, town that they're from in Nova Scotia, they had a black family move in. And the people ran the, the black family out of town. So my grandparents on my father's side are the exact same way, very racist. And um, my grandmother, one time when I was actually visiting her, uh, I wanted to make a phone call, asked her if I could make a long distance call. And she asked who I was calling, and I was calling one of my classmates who happened to be a little black boy, and name was Lionel. Well, Lionel's not a typical white person's name, so my grandmother asked me. So I told her he was a black, a black boy in my class, and she said, no, you're not allowed to call him. You're not allowed to be friends with him. And I was just like, okay, and just turned around and walked away. I couldn't grasp it. I couldn't understand it. So... With all of that, as a child growing up in a predominantly white community, 
um, you know, diversity started to set in. So we ended up with different uh, ethnic backgrounds, cultures and stuff coming in. And I was like, wow, I want to learn. <laughs> I love some of the vibrant colors and the textures of the materials, the food, the different smells. And some of it wasn't too great. Mm -hmm. Some of it was amazing, yes. you know. So, you know, with that, you know, I, I learned different uh, cultures and stuff because I was going to their house after school. Mm -hmm. I wasn't bringing them to my house, so I was going to their house and learning more about their cultures and eating their foods, listening to their music, watching uh, Bollywood movies and, and stuff like that as well. So, um, you know, I started integrating myself into different multiculturalism and uh, I guess when I was about nine years old, I guess I said a, a, an uh-oh to my mom mm -hmm. and I told her, when I grow up, I'm going to have a black baby. Mm -hmm. Well, that didn't go over very well, as you can only imagine. And um, I was told I'm too lily white, mm -hmm. too fair, too pale, too lily white, too blonde, mm -hmm. and I'll never be able to have a black child. Mm -hmm. Kind of got a swat upside the head, and how could I ever think so stupidly? Mm -hmm. And, of course, got all the insults and everything else. And uh, I just kind of had to go on with my life. Okay, well, I guess I'm not going to have a black baby when I grow up because mm -hmm. my mom just kind of beat that out of me, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I just kind of felt down about that, you know, because I really felt it very strongly within me that when I grow up, I am going to have a black baby. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like it was just there, even yeah. though I had all that racism at me and everything mm -hmm. else. I'm like, no, I'm not part of this. It's not me. It's not who I am, you know, like... I, I don't like the racism. I don't like anything being said that's racist or anything else. I stand, I stood up for the kids. But you were too young to do that. Where did you get, where did you get the, you know, the, even just the idea to fight for diversity? Because you're too young. That, that's the thing, you know, the reason why I'm asking this, I pray that this would help someone else. Uh, what we are told about other culture isn't, what we need to follow. We need to follow the couch of the kingdom of God that has created the diversity. We all come from different backgrounds. But my question, I guess, is why are you fighting for that and you are too young to do that? I, at that point, when I was little and fighting for that, I don't believe I really understood what I was fighting for. They were just my friends. Mm -hmm. So I was fighting for my friends at that point in time. I know that they were different than me and mm -hmm. different than the majority of kids at school, mm -hmm. but they still deserve to be treated humans. Yes. They still deserve to have friends to play with or, mm -hmm. you know, share the bouncy ball or skip rope with them or mm -hmm. something, you know. Um, so I actually volunteered my time when I was in school to help out the children that were in the special needs class. Mm -hmm. So ones that were in wheelchairs and stuff, I'm out there running across the, the tarmac with them in their wheelchairs and mm -hmm. laughing and squealing with them and stuff like that. And I just took to people that were different mm -hmm. than what was the norm around. And I think that was my kind of way of giving other people's acceptance that I wasn't receiving. Mm -hmm. So that was my way of doing that. And, you know, um, actually one of, I believe it was the very first president of Ghana who stated that I'm not Africa, I'm not African because I was born in Africa, mm -hmm. but
but I'm African because Africa was born in me. And I can see that with uh, just the way, you know, you've come into the studio, we've known you. It's like, uh, you see, that is the picture of the kingdom of God and the God that has uh, really, really encountered your life. You see everybody in the same glance. But here is my question. So did you end up having a black baby? <laughs> well, okay. Um, I have... Two that are half, mm -hmm. um, half black, and mm -hmm. uh, the one is very fair and yeah. doesn't look like he's black at all, yeah. except from the sometime, uh, summertime when he suntans, he gets very, very dark, mm -hmm. and his hair is curly, and he keeps it buzz cut because yeah. he doesn't want the curliness and stuff. Um, <laughs> he doesn't want to look like me. No, so sorry. <laughs> um, and then I also have my biological daughter, who is just the total opposite, and mm -hmm. she doesn't look anything like me at all. Mm -hmm. And she looks identical to the baby that I said when I was little, I'm going to have a black baby when I grow up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I could envision that little baby even when I was just a little, a little child myself, and that ended up being my little black baby that I mm -hmm. had. And she doesn't look white at all. Mm -hmm. She has the black texture to the hair, the coarseness, the curliness, mm -hmm. the spirals, like very tight, tight, tight. Mm -hmm. So we always have to keep it in braids and do extensions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, anybody who's watching who's black understands what black women go through with their mm -hmm. hair. I go through that with my daughter's yes. hair. Yes, <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, we go into Ganyan shops mm -hmm. and stores in, in Canada here. And the Ganyans are like, oh, does your friend need any help? Um, because now my daughter is obviously older yeah. and I'm like no I said that's my daughter they're like no it's not your daughter I'm like yes it is my daughter I said yeah. ask her call her and ask her mm -hmm. so then they call her over to us and they say who is this lady to you and she's like oh that's my mom yeah. oh she adopted you no you know it's like everybody's got that misconception thinking that yeah. I've adopted this yes. child because she looks so Ganyan mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and you know so I find that really funny and kind of ironic and mm -hmm. it also shows me that as a little girl, nine years of age, saying, when I grow up, I'm going to have a little black baby, I believe that was God talking to me and giving me a point that when that time happens in my life, remember back, you prophesied this. Yes. And um, so, you know, like, I just kind of went on with life, and I just always had it in my heart, and I always knew I was going to have this little black baby. Mm -hmm. But I also have two black children that I've adopted in Ghana. Mm -hmm. So I actually have four black babies. <laughs> you know, as you're sharing this, um, right now we are in an atmosphere where racism has become a very bigger problem. It hits home. You got kids that looks like me. A husband too. A husband <laughs> that looks like me. Mm -hmm. And um, we are in a season and time where racism, it's like uh, I feel personally that God is dealing with the heart of man to, for us to realize he created us with diversity. I don't have to run away from my skin to be who I am. You don't have to run away from your skin to be who you are, but God created us with that diversity. My question is to those who are listening right now who have issues accepting other people from different background, like you were told at the younger age, you could, pray, you could play with the black people, don't bring them home. 
but I guess there are people that have got an issue and difficulties uh, with uh, people who looks different. But the Bible says that God created us all in his image, meaning it doesn't say the color of the only people he created. He said he created us all in his image. What should you say towards the atmosphere today and how can we make a difference as people to appreciate diversity? That's a loaded question. It is a loaded question. <laughs> Very loaded question. <laughs> but what I want to put out there is we are all of the human race. Mm -hmm. You know, we are all human beings. We are all created in the image of God. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. You know, and it doesn't say whites mm -hmm. or blacks no. or Asians, you know, or Indians or whatever nationality is out there. You know, he said that we are mm -hmm. as a human race, mm -hmm. as a whole. Yes. So I don't look at, yes, you're black, I'm white. Mm -hmm. You know, there's Chinese people, there's, you know, um, Indian people and stuff, different nationalities and stuff, different colors of skin and stuff. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what yes. color somebody's skin is. It doesn't matter if you have curly hair like mm -hmm. you do mm -hmm. or straight hair like mine. Yeah or if I have very light brown eyes to a mm. golden color and you have dark. Mm. It doesn't matter. We are supposed to be diverse. Can you mm. imagine how this world would be so boring yeah. if everybody was like an identical clone? Yeah. Everybody is white, for example. Mm. Everybody is black, for example. Mm. This world would be so boring. Yes. God has given us a hue of colors, mm -hmm. just a rainbow of them, yes. and colors that we don't even know. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's one thing that God had shown me one time was that, you know, the brightness of the lights and the one of the vision and the brightness of the colors. Mm -hmm. I have never seen colors like that before. Mm -hmm. The brightness and just how like they were so perfect. Mm -hmm. Every color was so perfect. And to me, that was God showing me that every color is perfect, mm -hmm. even in us human race. Yes. Every color is perfect because God has created mm -hmm. black, white, mm -hmm you know, um, Chinese and, and um, Indians, all different nationalities, different skin colors, everything. God created it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So God tells us we're to love our brothers. Mm -hmm. Our brothers is who is within us mm -hmm. from the kingdom of God. Amen. You know, because God is our heavenly father. And him as our heavenly father makes us his children. Yes. Which then makes you my brother, mm -hmm. you know, you my sister, my brother, you know, everybody mm -hmm. is my brother and my sister. And that's the way I'm supposed to look at things. Mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to look at, oh, you're black, I'm white, so I need to walk the other way, you need to walk the other way. Mm -hmm. No, we're supposed to, you know, blend and mesh together. And our differences is what makes us unique. Yes. And that's what we should be focusing on is you're unique in your ways. Mm -hmm. I would like to learn about that. Yes. Knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And I believe that people are dealing with this racism stuff mm -hmm. because they don't have that knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's the fear of the unknown. So yes. they don't understand, you know, about the black cultures, mm -hmm. you know, and, and vice versa and stuff like that, you know. And uh, people really need to just take a step back. Mm -hmm. I'm a human being. Mm -hmm. And say to yourself, I am a human being. Yes. Doc, you're a human being. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm white. Mm -hmm. You're black. Mm -hmm. So does that mean we have to go different ways? No. 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 But instead, 
I want to learn about your culture. Come learn about mine. I know mine's a little bit messed up because yes. I don't have a white culture. <laughs> you know, um, and before we were talking about how I have black children and a black husband, but also too, I didn't mention this earlier in any of the other previous segments, but also I was adopted. Mm -hmm not legal adoption, but an assumption uh, adoption mm -hmm. by my parents in Ghana. Mm -hmm. And they are black. Wow. My sisters mm -hmm. are black. Mm -hmm. My nieces, my nephews are black. Mm -hmm. You know, so to me, that's my family. Mm -hmm. I'm the odd one out in my family because of my skin color. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, I've never felt so much love, mm -hmm. acceptance, and appreciation for me as a human being, mm -hmm. as what I do from my family that I have now, my adoptive family that are Ghanaians. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was meaning earlier about yeah. Ghana has blessed me. Yes. And so that's why I'm doing my ministry work and trying to bless the people in the country of Ghana. You know, it's, um, it's amazing as you're sharing uh, uh, what you're sharing right now. Um, uh, just the the way God has connected us together. I have uh, my kids, they call their grandpa, we are first generation Canadians here. I don't have my auntie, I don't have my uncle, I don't have brothers here, but I've, uh, I've, I've had an opportunity to have family that doesn't look like me and my kids don't even see the color. They call their grandpa who is a uh, Canadian, white. Uh, and uh, the Canadian grandpa doesn't see any color. Every Christmas, every, they treat my kids the same way as well. And uh, that is the culture of the kingdom of God. Just quickly before we go, we're going to touch on uh, 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 three things, two things. How people can support your ministry. And then, um, and then uh, now, first, this question is, uh, most people of your background, most people of your background, most people of your culture, or the Western culture, they seem to be afraid of the African culture. Why do you think would, that would be? Well, I don't think that there's just the African culture. I think it's all other cultures that aren't theirs. And the fear is just, like I said before, it's the unknown. They don't understand. They don't know. Um, and also, too, it's by things that have been um, imparted into them, mm -hmm. into their lives. They have been taught mm -hmm. not to like other people's skin colors because of this, you know, mm -hmm. and, and a wrong information has been given to the children. Mm -hmm. And they grow up then becoming racist and stuff like that. Maybe, you know, the fear, maybe they've had a, a bad run in, one bad run in. Mm -hmm. But there's good and bad in Everything. every single ethnic background That's on true. this planet. That's true. So because we are human beings. We are human beings and, and human we're not beings perfect. are not perfect. <laughs> exactly. Whatever the color we make those mistakes. You know, uh, I know we can go on and talk on this conversation because the people obviously are interested because of the atmosphere. But anyway, that is not our goal here. We I just uh, wanted you to get it out there because uh, you are an inspirational woman. I want you to know that a great inspirational, like I said in the beginning of the program, God is going to use you greatly. Your heart is a heart of the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. What you're doing in Africa, I'm going to bring you, I know this program is being watched right now in Zambia. We're going to go to Zambia together. Uh, uh, we're going to be on one of the TV stations there, radio stations, for the people to hear the heart and the passion you have that comes straight from the kingdom of God. Now, I want to highlight one thing here. How can people from around the world and here in Canada support your ministry because of what you're doing around the world? 
Um, okay, we have a website and it is um, www.doveofhopeministries.com. Um, and there's a donate page, there's a contact us page there, and you just have to click on that and it will take you to a link which will then, you know, you're able to donate. Um, also too, if you want to contact us, and people have been donating material goods and shipping it themselves there, um, we can do that as well. There's different things that we can do. We collect um, monetary as well as material um, things that we ship over. I want to thank you for coming to this program and sharing all the, the testimony and everything you've done. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. People of God, you see, when you have an encounter with God and God truly changes your life, it doesn't just change the way you see yourself. It changes also the way you see how the world is and are others as well. This woman of God, Nana, my goodness, just from her testimony, from the bad, the ugly, God began to birth the good and the beautiful. I feel she is the picture of beauty from ashes, crashed through life circumstances, but she did not, she did not stay down. Destroyed through abuse and sexual abuse, but she did not stay down. God came to the rescue and she responded to God's rescue and not only that because of the uh, encounter with God she responded also by changing lives around the world such is the impact and the power of God God does not change us so that we can feel good about ourselves God does not change us so that we can look good about you know uh, for others he changes us so that he can prepare us to be a vessel that he can use around the world. May God change your life, transform your story, change you from the core of your being, from the very foundation of your life, so that you can change and add significant value to other people around the world. I pray that your testimony of what you're going through today, you don't have to give up. There's no need to give up. What you're going through today will tend to be a testimony that will bring freedom and rescue and restoration to other people. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord watch over you as you continue to watch Unstoppable Faith. Until then, Shalom, Shalom. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Thank you for tuning in to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. If this program has been a blessing to you, write to us at life at kazumbacharles.com and share your testimony.